0: In the U.S. and Canada, mounting pressure from advocacy groups and media have led to a political movement to decriminalize or legalize marijuana. Currently eight states in the U.S. have legislated complete legalization, while others have varying degrees of decriminalization along with a tolerance of medical marijuana. The Liberal government in Canada has already approved legislation that would see cannabis legal as of 2018. Obviously governments view legalization as a popular measure, good for votes in the subsequent election. There seem to be two driving rationales for legalization. The first is a growing acceptance in society that marijuana is a benign substance, one that does not bode ill for the health of the user, or for the well-being of society. The second is a sense that many resources have been deployed by law enforcement, to implement prohibition, to little avail, and the illegal status gives an opportunity for organized crime to benefit from trade in the drug. Hence, if it were legal, these resources could be deployed elsewhere and profits from drug sales would be taken from the criminal element to benefit the state. It seems most people have agreed with these two positions. What could possibly be wrong with legalizing a harmless substance and denying criminals a marketplace. Is there something you and your family are not being told? Find out by staying tuned, the facts will surprise you. Welcome to Tomorrow's World. On today's program we'll examine the burning question. If marijuana is legal, does that mean it's safe? In the 1960's the first rumblings of social revolution impacted the Western world, when a young generation embraced concepts of free love, rejecting the moral values of centuries, and turned increasingly to hallucinogenic drugs as a means of entertainment and or escape from reality. It was at this time that an ancient hallucinogen known as marijuana or cannabis was popularized by the hippie movement. Since that time the usage of this drug has grown exponentially in North America, despite its classification as illegal. Both organized crime and local growers see lucrative opportunities to market the drug to a larger audience. Huge efforts have been made to enforce a prohibition on marijuana, at great cost, with very limited success. On May 29th Dr. Diane Calcil, editor of the Canadian Medical Association Journal, puts forward the position that the Canadian Government's Bill C-45 to legalize marijuana in Canada will jeopardize the health of young people and thus Parliament should defeat this legislation. In the article Dr. Calsell quotes a 2014 finding by the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health. Cannabis is not a benign substance, and its health harms increase with intensity of use. This is alarming because of the scale of marijuana use as determined by a 2013 study. At least 22% of youth and 26% of young adults admitted to using marijuana. This was more than 2.5 times that of adults 25 and older, of which only 8% admitted to using the drug. Now with impending legalization, those numbers are on the increase, prompting physicians to sound an alarm, one that is apparently being ignored by the political class. The Partnership for a Drug-Free Canada has for years presented reputable, peer-reviewed, scientific studies showing the dangers and the social and economic costs of this drug. Yet despite health experts' endorsement of these studies, Social pressure is driving the political agenda. So who is right? Are the concerns about cannabis unfounded? Surely many will assume if cannabis is so widespread it must not be very harmful to society. For example, Canadians will argue that Canadian youth have the highest rate of marijuana use of any country in the developed world and nothing seems to be changing. However, looking a little deeper, makes the warnings of the scientists become more ominous. What then are the concerns, the health concerns, that have motivated authorities responsible for public health to be near unanimous in opposing legalization of pot? Perhaps it's worth heeding concerns being raised by physicians and scientists. Let's look at five warnings health authorities and researchers raise in this matter. Addiction. The American Psychiatric Association publication Psychiatric News reported on a recent study appearing in the New England Journal of Medicine. The report concluded that Marijuana use is linked to multiple adverse effects, particularly in youth. Lead researcher Dr. Nora Volkoff stressed Long term marijuana use can lead to addiction. She goes on to say The regular use of marijuana during adolescence is of particular concern, since use by this age group is associated with increased likelihood of deleterious consequences. The authors found that in 77 studies and literature reviews, negative health consequences were associated with marijuana usage. The Globe and Mail reported on April 12, 2017, that the Canadian Medical Association, the Canadian Psychiatric Association, and the Canadian Pediatric Society have been expressing their concerns about cannabis legalization to the Canadian government with seemingly little impact. They are especially concerned about users under the age of 25, for up to that time the brain is still developing. Professor Christina Grant of McMaster University, the lead researcher and author of the Canadian Pediatric Society position on marijuana, states, We know that 1 in 7 teenagers who start using cannabis will develop cannabis use disorder, which is significant. She continues, Cannabis use crosses over into disorder territory when it begins to cause dysfunction in users' day-to-day lives, derailing their commitment to school or work, and sowing conflict in their families. Thus addiction and all its horrid consequences is an all too frequent legacy of marijuana second loss of motivation the use of marijuana as a hallucinogen is not new for centuries it was heavily consumed by the lower classes of the indian subcontinent there are extensive historical references to heavy users living in poor conditions in rural areas towns and cities they were normally considered unmotivated and marginalized by the mainstream population in 2013 as reported in psychology today Scientists at Imperial College London and King's College London published a study that links significant marijuana usage to lower dopamine levels in the brain. Less dopamine impacts neurochemical levels in the brain and reduces motivation, making one prone to amotivational syndrome. This explains the reputation of the marijuana smokers of ancient India numerous clinical observations have supported this effect of cannabis in regular users. Brain Impairment Reduced Memory, Attention Span and Reasoning In the same paper evidence is presented to show there is a strong link to the development of psychosis in cannabis users who have a family history of mental illness, even indicating there is no researched safe limit. Dr. Grant stresses, that research shows teens who smoke pot frequently suffer long-lasting damage to yet immature brains, manifesting issues such as reduction in memory, attention span, and higher level decision making. She also adds that MRI studies have shown a thinning of the cortex of the developing brain, a region critical for thinking, planning and organizing. Earlier this year, The Edmonton Journal reported on the research from the Canadian Centre on Substance Abuse. Teens who start smoking marijuana early and do so frequently risk lowering their IQ scores. Author Amy Parath-Waller, the Centre's lead researcher on the issue, goes on to state, The growing body of evidence about the effects of cannabis use during adolescence is reason for concern. I think we should be very concerned. There is a need to take pause and consider that this is the future of our country. The perception among many Canadian youth that cannabis is benign and has no effect on their ability to drive or their performance in school. It is ironic that the Government of Canada is pushing for the legalization of marijuana at the same time the Federal Department of Health published dire warnings about the proven medical hazards of pot, all backed up by quoted recent clinical research. Their website lists a decline in physical coordination, reaction time, loss of attention span, reduced decision making ability. Cited is the Meyer study done for the U.S. National Academy of Sciences which demonstrated a permanent decline in IQ among persistent users. The Health Canada site also documents the associated risk of cannabis users developing psychosis or schizophrenia. Damage to the unborn. One of the more frightening effects of cannabis use is that which can impact a yet unborn child if the mother is a user. Health Canada states heavy cannabis use during pregnancy can lead to lower birth weight of the baby and has also been associated with longer term developmental effects such as decreases in memory function, the ability to pay attention, reasoning, and problem solving skills. In a moment we will examine our fifth health concern regarding marijuana usage, as well as dispelling two common misconceptions about the drug. Prior to that I want to give you an opportunity to request your free copy of today's featured booklet, "Marijuana: What They Aren't Telling You. This important booklet will cover more than we are able to in this brief program. It addresses real questions with verifiable research that will help you and your loved ones avoid the drug plague now ravaging this nation. Call or visit us online to get your copy today. Here's how.
1: Let me tell you how you can get your free copy of Marijuana, What They Aren't Telling You. Simply dial the number on your screen. You can also order at TWCanada.org. We're happy to send this to you at no cost, because we believe this information to be invaluable. Substance abuse is a problem that affects us all. You need to be informed on this topic. Don't wait. We have operators ready to take your call or you can order online. If you missed our contact information, don't worry, I'll be back to give it again.
0: Welcome back. We have already seen four major health concerns being raised by physicians regarding the use of marijuana. Our fifth concern is Lung and Heart Damage. Another organization, the Partnership for a Drug Free Canada, in a 2015 report entitled Marijuana, stated, Regardless of the THC content, the amount of tar inhaled by marijuana smokers and the level of carbon monoxide absorbed are three to five times greater than tobacco smokers. We can add to these facts that the higher burning temperature of cannabis, combined with the manner in which it is smoked, causes increased loss of cilia in the lungs, leading to increases in rates of life-threatening emphysema. It is interesting to note that for years the Canadian Cancer Society has lobbied against tobacco smoking and has won widespread public support. Yet society which wisely opposed tobacco usage seems not to care that in marijuana they have a substance that is also deadly to the human lung. The heart is not immune to the ravages of cannabis. Widely published physician and researcher Dr. Andrew Pipe and scientist Dr. Robert Reed of the Ottawa Heart Institute's Division of Prevention and Rehabilitation have expressed serious concern over ongoing or increased use of cannabis in the general public. The online heart and cardiovascular research publication, The Beat, reported in June 2017 on their findings as recorded in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2014 and the American Heart Journal in 2013. The authors found that marijuana use has been associated with vascular conditions that increase the risk of heart attack and stroke, although the mechanisms by which this happens aren't clear. Dr. Reed also noted that marijuana use could be problematic for people with an irregular heartbeat or arrhythmia because it activates the sympathetic nervous system. We have looked at five areas of health that are negatively impacted by recreational use of cannabis. Addiction, motivational loss, brain impairment, damage to the unborn, lung and heart damage. Understanding the major health concerns, let us now dispel two common beliefs about cannabis, which are used as rationale in order to justify pot legalization. Medical Marijuana For most of the last century, marijuana was an illegal or restricted drug. This made it difficult to do research on any potential medical properties. Under pressure of the pro-marijuana lobby, a number of U.S. states and the Government of Canada decriminalized marijuana for medical purposes and began to permit legal growing operations for medical distribution. There are a number of key concerns raised by physicians when it comes to prescribing cannabis for a given complaint. Prescribed for what conditions? Determining dosages. Interaction with other medications. Concentration of the medical ingredient. Associations of physicians resist the use of so-called medical marijuana until evidence can be found to show its effectiveness. There have been some indications that cannabinol, an ingredient in marijuana, may have potential for treating specific ailments, such as seizures. There is however much research needed to understand dosages, side effects, and other information that is required for a doctor to ethically prescribe. For those who insist on the medical benefit of pot, physicians point out that some dosage controlled, carefully measured medications already exist. dronabinol and Nabilon. Physicians can already prescribe either of these medications, though still lacking appropriate research, but these don't produce a high. Could that be the reason they're not popular? Before we dispel the second marijuana belief, I want to remind you of today's free offer. Marijuana. What They Aren't Telling You. This vital booklet reveals the truth of the impact of cannabis on users, Information that is oddly not provided in the public media, but information that must be revealed. You and your family need to know the real facts. To request your free copy, call the number on your screen
1: and ask for the booklet on marijuana, or order online at TWCanada.org. Have you ever asked where is the world headed? What does the future hold for me? Or if morality even matters anymore? Tomorrow's World Magazine answers these questions and more and will also be sent to you free of charge. Call us right now or visit us online to get your free copy of Marijuana, What They Aren't Telling You and Tomorrow's World Magazine. Enjoy the rest of today's program.
0: Welcome back. We are dispelling beliefs about marijuana used as rationale to promote legalization. The second belief is legalization will reduce crime and overall drug use. A key argument for legalization is the assumption that legalizing pot will undermine a key source of income for organized crime. The position is put forward that legalizing marijuana would deprive criminals of revenue and reduce the contact of users with the criminal element, hence lessen the likelihood of contact with more serious drugs. While it is obvious that removal of the criminal status for marijuana would cause a drop in the crime rate, it does not follow that the illegal drug trade would be significantly harmed. Even while enforcement of marijuana laws is relaxed, and the drug can be accessed from storefront operations, the use of other drugs has not declined. Despite easier availability and decreased risks of prosecution, The consumption of even more damaging drugs is increasing. Most empirical research shows that marijuana is a gateway drug to more serious drugs. Whether it is legal or not, organized crime will benefit from growing marijuana use. Dr. Robert DuPont, first director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, makes the following observation in the New York Times. People who use marijuana also consume more, not less, legal and illegal drugs than do people who do not use marijuana. Research and common sense demonstrate that the legalization of marijuana will increase, not decrease, drug crime and the results of drug abuse. Those who seek a high from marijuana are far more likely to seek a more intense high from other substances. During my career I served as an administrator in a large school system of over 80,000 students. One of my least favorite duties was chairing hearings to decide on whether a student should be expelled. From my experience, the vast majority of such cases involve drugs of some description, often crystal meth, ecstasy and crack. Almost every time these young people had started with marijuana. Whether legal or not, it is a gateway drug to harder drugs, and the inevitable loss of potential and sorrow that follow. Legalizing ways to escape reality only result in a weaker and more violent society, where the only hope seems to be getting high. Political leaders ought to be driven by a sense of what is good for their citizens. Yet those who pander to groups who want only hedonistic pleasure, or who possibly have entrepreneurial interests, eventually involving convenience store shelves and glamorous packaging, may be more interested in their own welfare than the welfare of the nation. Marijuana has been illegal in North America and in many other countries for a good reason. It is, as science clearly shows, harmful to its users and to the nation. It and other drugs like it, and others even more deadly, rob the individual of potential and leave behind broken dreams and shattered lives. The loss of human potential to marijuana and other mind-altering substances is enormous. Long ago in a letter written to a young minister, a highly regarded citizen of Rome, a man of great education, who had held high position and had been sought after by rulers of his day, gives the following advice as to how a young person or old can achieve productive and satisfying life. The man known simply as Paul writes to a young Greek colleague named Titus. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, In doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. In truth, this is the very opposite of being high, stoned, drunk, or any other descriptor which indicates we are not in control of our minds. It is a tragedy when people, young or old, view getting high as their only pleasure. Clearly they do not see a purpose for human existence, a purpose which can be known and can be achieved. Our human mind is a treasure, brilliantly designed by a great creator who plans to offer mankind an awesome future with potential undreamed of in the human sphere. To learn more, please take time to request our free booklet on this subject, Marijuana, What They Aren't Telling You. This carefully explains the issue from recently published medical research, but also from the perspective of the God who created man to be happy, productive, not requiring an escape from reality through harmful, mind-altering drugs. At Tomorrow's World we strive to bring you real answers to the issues and challenges facing this nation today, and the inspiring truth of a world to come. Keep watching Tomorrow's World as we examine and explain the issues of this age and the future of humankind as revealed by our Creator. To learn more about
1: today's topic, visit TWCanada.org. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895 or by writing to us at Tomorrow's World, PO Box 409, Mississauga, Ontario, L5M 0P6. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, revealing God's principles for leading an abundant and happy life while providing insight into future and current events. On Tomorrow's World Answers, we answer your questions straight from the Bible. Today's question is, Does the Bible Forbid the Use of Alcohol? If you have a Bible, I invite you to follow along and read for yourself what it has to say. So, does the Bible forbid the use of alcohol? If you were to do a word search through the Bible on wine or strong drink, you might be surprised to see that the Bible actually has a lot to say on this topic. Perhaps the first passage of Scripture that comes to mind is the miraculous occurrence of Jesus turning water into wine at a wedding He was attending. Paul wrote in one Timothy chapter five and verse twenty-three. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Some have suggested that the beverage described in this passage and the many others showing the proper use of wine is actually grape juice. Does that fit the rest of Scripture? In Deuteronomy fourteen, ancient Israel was encouraged to celebrate God's holy days with wine. Similar drink. The term similar drink is translated from the Hebrew shakar, which literally means intoxicant, not grape juice. Clearly, God does not condemn the use of alcohol. However, scripture is very clear in the condemnation of the improper use of alcohol. You can see that in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and verse 21. Paul lists the works of the flesh, including envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Proverbs provides a vivid picture of the dangers of alcoholism. Proverbs 23 and verse 29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? who has wounds without cause, who has redness of eyes, those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine. While alcohol is not forbidden by Scripture, its misuse is. We need to use judgment to determine what our limits are. If we have drunk enough to affect our ability to make sound decisions, then that is too much. Just because God indicates that a little is okay, and even good for us in some cases does not mean that more is better. We must learn and practice the Godly principle of moderation. If you would like to submit a question for the show, please email us at the address shown on the screen. To watch every edition of Tomorrow's World Answers, visit us online at TWCanada.org or search Tomorrow's World Answers on YouTube. visit TWCanada.org. At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call 1-866-784-7895. Write or visit us online today. This
0: program is a production of The Living Church of God.